Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Wow. Remain standing, take your Bibles and turn anywhere because it's all good. You'd think we're having a conference. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 12 is where we're going. Passage I've preached from before. And we're going to go from verse 31, Exodus chapter 12. Greetings to all of our online congregation. Praise God you can be here when you can't be. Uh, before we read the word, so Friday, 7 p.m. for the movie, but you're like, I want to go to the belong class. No worries. We're going to do the same thing. That we're going to do the belong class. Upstairs, we'll do both at the same time. If you're torn, pray. The Lord will lead you. Go to the right one. Amen? All right, good. And uh, Exodus chapter 12, verse 41. If you're all there, give a big hearty woo. And it came to pass at the end of 430 years, on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Wow. It is a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. This is an observance, pardon me, this is a night of the Lord of solemn observance for the children of Israel throughout all generations. Verse 43. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat it, but every man a servant who is brought for money, when have circumcised him, he may eat of it. A sojourner hired servant shall not eat of it. No one house it shall be eaten. You shall not carry any of the flesh outside of the house, nor shall you break one of its bones. Verse 47. I, you know what? I am, I'm like, man, this is great, but that's not what I studied. Jesus, help me. It's a good thing you're not particular. Go down to verse 31. You guys are just letting me read. That ain't right. I think this is my 10th time preaching this week. Literally, I think it's my 7th. Verse 31. Then he called Moses and Aaron by night and said, there, there, there it is, okay. Then he called Moses by night and said, Rise and go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go and serve the Lord as you have said. Verse 32. And take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone, and bless me also. And the, and the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of their land in haste. That's like, hurry up and leave. But they said, we shall be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Verse 35. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses. And they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, 
articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. I want you to say that. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. Verse 37. Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth, about 600,000 men on foot besides children. A mixed multitude went up with them also, and flocks and herds and a great deal of livestock. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough of which they had brought out of Egypt, for it was not leavened, because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared provisions for themselves. Verse 40. Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was about 430 years, and it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, on that very same day, it came to pass, all the armies of the Lord. I mean, just think about that. They're slaves. Or are they? The armies of the Lord went out of Egypt. It was a night of solemn observance. Father, thank you for this wonderful gathering tonight. I pray and ask, Holy Spirit, that you would move with great power. Come on, lift your voice and pray for God to speak to you tonight. We're not here to fulfill religious obligation. We're here for the purposes of the kingdom. We're here, oh God, to see your kingdom come, to see your will be done. I thank you for bringing our brothers from Anchorage. I thank you for those who drive in from Anchorage in nearly every service. I thank you for what you did this morning, what you're going to do right now. Holy Spirit, come and give us living understanding. May we never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you say hi to about five people and say, brace yourself. It's going to be good. Amen. And if you could be comfortably seated in the presence of the Lord. You've been around here for any length of time. We've uh, studied and read this passage, and uh, I bring it to you at the express direction of the Holy Spirit as I've been seeking Him. I, I want to emphasize before we get into it uh, the revival meetings that we have on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are off the chain. They're amazing. God's healing people, setting people free. You said, What time are they? They're 12 to 1. Who's the guest speaker? We don't have one. The guest of honor is the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm doing the preaching this week. Next week we'll mix it up a little bit. It's going to be life-changing. It already was life-changing. On Thursday we had uh, a brother come in with a report from the, from the laboratory that completely contradicted the report that he had about a week before that. The week before that his wife is diagnosed with cancer, all these levels, all this concern. So on Thursday, when I'm, it's about, oh, I don't know, 1245, and I see this man in a fluorescent work vest, you know, from the construction site, appear in the back door, floating about five feet off the ground with papers. I thought, oh, this is easy. Come here. But he came up, and what happened? She's healed. She's healed. All the levels, they're all normal. I'm looking at lab reports. It used to say she had cancer. Now she has no cancer. She's healed. She's delivered. Come on, somebody say hallelujah to the Lord. Come on, he's able to heal. He's able to, yes, he's able to do it. 
He's able. He's well able. Most people believe he's able, but they don't know that he's willing. To be true and integrous, there was one level that still needed to drop, but I mean, like, I don't know how many others. Was there like eight that dropped, so there was one that was a little high? It's on the way. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. This text of Scripture we have stood on over the years because it's a, a verse of Scripture that, and, and a story and a principle that if you'll understand it, it will change your life. When God calls you, He provides for that call. If I was, was going to send one of my children to go buy milk, I wouldn't give them 50 cents because you can't buy milk for 50 cents. You can't even buy a pint of milk for 50 cents. No, I'd give him the proper amount of money or a card of which he could swipe and then he would be able to get the milk, you understand? When Jesus calls you, when the Lord calls you and he speaks to you, there is always provision. Now, you don't always see it right away. I remember Jim LaFoon I picked him up, oh, I don't know, it's probably, it's got to be 20 years ago. Picked Jim LaFoon up at the airport. I used to beg to get that job. They were like, okay, there's some prophet LaFoon's coming up. Oh, can I pick him up? <laughs> I, was, I was called the church puppy dog back in the day by Pastor Phil. I think that was a good thing. <laughs> Anyway, I would pick these guys up and receive impartation. It wasn't work at all. I just couldn't hardly wait. Let me see. Let me pick up an international. Let me pick up a world-changing prophet. Yeah, yeah, me. Sign me up. So I remember picking him up and bringing him to get his rental car. And he says, "Um, Pastor Daniel. um, I don't think I was a pastor back then, actually. He says, "Um, Daniel, how's everything going in the church? I said, oh, it's going good. You know, we're always believing God for provision. And he goes, yeah. Yeah, that's the way that is. Every vision-driven ministry is looking for a ram in the thicket. Sometimes it's hard to find the ram, but it's always there. There is always a ram in the thicket. I love what um, uh, Tommy Barnett says. Money follows ministry. So if you're going to do something for God... You might not have it in your pocket right now. And everything you see around you and the building that's up on the hill, we didn't have one cent, not one, to do it. But we had faith. We had favor. I want to talk about a great transfer of wealth that's about to take place. I bring to you a prophetic word from this text, and it is absolutely profound. A couple principles here that we've shared before. One is called redemption and lift. Whenever the good news of Jesus Christ comes into a family, comes into a town, comes into a tribe, comes into a region, whenever the good news of Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected from the dead comes in and people begin to get saved, that culture changes. 
things begin to change. It's called redemption and lift. They begin, people begin to live for God, begin to call on his name. They, curses are broken off and people begin to walk in the blessing of God. And what you see is you see a whole culture change that gets the good news of Jesus. That's why the opioid crisis is diminishing in the valley. That, that's, that's why when you look at the fastest growing towns, no offense to Anchorage, but the fastest growing towns in Alaska are Wasilla and Palmer. Why is that? It's revival. Listen, and it's not even just about our church. I mean, I think a, a, a two years ago, there was like six churches that were in building projects. I mean, when does that happen? Because when the good news is preached and proclaimed, when you're sharing to your neighbor, when you're talking to people on Facebook and you're sliding up to tell somebody how much God loves them and, and, you're, and you're DMing people about the love of God. Some of you have no idea what that is. It's not a curse DM and it's the, all right, all right. It's, it, it's, um, it's Insta-talk. It brings redemption to people and it lifts people out of their muck and mire and if you're here with us for the very first time or maybe this is one of the first times you've ever been here I'm telling you as surely as I'm a man of God as surely as God is on the throne and the devil has been defeated you come here with in need you come in here with with a need of help and for breakthrough you have come to the right place because Jesus will do it for you God wants us to prosper. I want you to say that. God wants me to. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you would prosper and be in health even as your, your soul prospers. It's an express reality and a revelation to you tonight and a reminder that God wants you to prosper. The word shalom, a Hebrew word shalom, it, everybody says, well, that means peace. Yeah, it means peace, but it means a whole lot more than that. How am I coming? You don't have a bunch of peace when you're broke. Let me go over here and say that. How can you have shalom when you can't get the milk? When you can't feed your baby, there's not much peace with that. Shalom is peace, yes, but it's nothing missing, nothing broken. All the blessing of God, all the prosperity of heaven is on you. The blessing, the shalom of God is not just, you know, peace, world peace. Kung Fu Panda, right? You guys never saw that. It's good. I, I am not endured, um, endorsing Kung Fu Panda. You guys are cold. Come on. Look at verse 35, and we're, we'll get into it here. Verse 35. Now the children of Israel had done exactly according to the word of the Lord. Children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses. And they asked the Egyptians for articles of silver, gold, and clothing. See, when you read verse 35 and you study out, you actually realize that the, the promise actually came 650 years prior to them even standing there. So we'll look at that. Turn to Genesis chapter 15. This is God speaking to Abraham giving him a panoramic view of the land and what he's going to do. And, the, and he says to Abraham in Genesis 15, verse 14, And also the nation whom they serve I will judge. 
afterward, they will come out with great possessions. This is 650 years before it's prophesied. See, when God saves you, when you yield and you turn your heart towards God and you begin to live for him, he will bless you in the city. He will bless you in the field. And many times people don't walk in the blessing because they don't know it. Listen, ignorance is not bliss. It's stupidity. In this world, staying ignorant is very dangerous. If you don't know what's yours, how are you going to possess it if you don't know it's you can have it? Many people think that God's trying to beat them up with something and, then, and to teach them humility. That's not, give me some scripture for that. I had somebody tell me, well, um, uh, you know, the Lord puts sickness on me and it gives us disease to teach us. Where, show me where that is. Because it's not there. I had somebody else tell me not long ago. They were concerned about coming here because there were certain things that we were teaching that were contrary to what grandma said. Don't raise your hand. Some of you have some grandma theology. No offense to grandma. Call it grandpa. We'll make it even. In other words, you heard something in your family and that hearing in your family just made it like tongues are of the devil. Anybody that prays in tongues is of the devil. You know, I, I just want to say, I served the devil for a while. I can't ever remember praying in tongues after I drank a fifth of Jack Daniels. I just can't remember that. I, and I never remember you speaking in tongues when you drank a fifth of Jack Daniels either. Pastor Karen never did that. She was a good Catholic girl. But even our righteousness is like filthy rags. So whether you think you, oh, I never did any of that. It doesn't matter. You're still going to hell unless you receive Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> Turn to Exodus chapter 3. <laughs> Oh, God, yes, open the doors. Is it hot? Winter's, winter cometh. Exodus chapter 3, verse 21, watch this. Now we'll give this people favor. What will he give them? Favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be that when you go, that you shall not go empty-handed, but every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely... Of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and your daughters, and you shall plunder the Egyptians. Turn to Exodus chapter 11. See, the text we're reading is a fulfillment of these things. It's a fulfillment that God, when he brought them out of the house of bondage, he gave them the silver and the gold. Now you got to ask, why would he do that? They're going out to the desert. You can't use silver and gold in the desert. They did use it to make a golden calf, bad idea. They're going into the desert. Exodus eleven two. Speak now in the hearing of the people. Let every man ask of his neighbor, every woman from her neighbor, articles of silver and gold. So this text is the fulfillment of what God told them to do. And it is... It is counted by, by theologians and many to be the greatest transfer of wealth that's ever taken place in history. Now, I'm just going to say this. 
I believe that there's even a greater transfer of wealth that's right around the corner. Now, why would that, why would that be? Because you need resources to reach people. Someone said the, the lights of the church. I mean, it's like, you know, we have a light bill too. And God takes care of that. But we are moving forward with momentum. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. God wants to bless the church. God wants to prosper the church. And he's doing that. Pretty cool investment idea we had. Of course, it wasn't our idea. We can't take any credit. But I mean, buy low, sell high. That's a key for investing. So, you know, in one day, we bought a piece of property for a million. And uh, it instantly made three million for the church. Instantly, we made three million in equity. Instantly. By buying it for one million, instantly it's worth four. So instantly we made three. Good investment. I had people curse at me. You know, what the boot? I know those boot bankers. I would have come down with my boot check and written it out and taken his boot property myself. I'm like, well, that's the way the cookie crumbles, Slim. <laughs> I didn't say that. I was a little sweeter. I said, well, it's God's property. He says, yeah, it must be. I'm like, yep. <laughs> right place at the right time. You know, but, and then when we took the step of faith, Praise God, you know, you, you know, can you imagine you go to buy a house, let's say it's worth 500000 and they're like, we'll give it to you 100000 Great, but you just, you have nothing. <laughs> Who cares whether we're the 100000 How are you going to get the hundred grand? So we had a $4 million property. We don't have a million dollar. We offered a million and we, we don't have it. What a couple of weeks that was. We put a Houdini cause in there to, to, to quote my friend. And uh, we had 30 days to, to come up with, you know, a, a plan, a letter saying that we had the funding, 30 days to come up with it. So for 30 days, man, you should have seen me on for 30 days. I'm like, it was way more ugly than that. No, it was because we had made a decision in the previous years to make some investments that, that stretched us. And uh, I, I, you know, sometimes, sometimes you look and you go, ah, I'm not so sure about that. But, you know, we trust a process and pray. So those investments stretched us. So our banking institution said, you don't have it. You can't borrow not one more dollar. So I'm like, great. So now we have a property that we're going to make $3 million on. It's not about making money. It's about actually fulfilling the call and the prophetic word. There was a prophetic word over that property. Some of you were standing there when it came. Some of you were in the barn under the tent 15 years ago. And you heard how all oh, from this hill, from this mountain, like a city on a hill, I'll build this, this amazing church. And it'll be so beautiful. I'm paraphrasing Cindy Jacobs, 2002 at the Equipping the Saints conference. It'll be so beautiful, and people will say that it's prideful. And they'll say, oh, how could you build such a thing? But it's going to be so lovely. And people will come, and the blessing of God will be released. And I'm going to bless people, and they're going to come with way beyond their tithe. And I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to do it. And you can take that to the bank. I mean, it says some other things about building around a prayer room. And, and we did all of that before even hearing that word. I stood on that property 
I think a little bit like them. You want us to what? You want us to go and ask for the silver and the gold? Their firstborn just died. How cold can you be? So, I mean, every house had just lost their firstborn. Could you ever been around people that are grieving? That's not time to ask them for anything. Unless they're an Egyptian. And unless you're blessed and have favor and the Lord tells you to do it. How rude. All Egypt could think is, get the Israelites out of here before we die. And so they plundered Egypt that way. I'm telling you, fix, adjust the lens of your heart to see that God wants to bless you in the city and bless you in the field. Adjust the lens of your heart that he wants to release provision for that, for that business idea that you have. He wants to release provision. He wants to release innovative ideas and even algorithms and things that will reveal patterns in the stock market so that you could just cash in, plunder, plunder Egypt. So it was an inopportune time. I mean, they're dying. They're grieving. Hi, I'm so sorry to bother you. Can I have all your jewelry? Thanks. <laughs> How did the transfer take place? The same way that it's going to take place today. God, look at verse 36. I've given them favor. Favor of God. The favor of God. Say it. The favor. Say it again. Favor. Fog. Fog. You need to walk in the fog. What are you doing? I'm walking in the fog, man. The Israelites obeyed the word of the Lord. And I, you know, I love Pastor Karen. That was a great offering word. Because that's what we need to do. We just need to obey. Trust and do. I didn't know you could sing. I was impressed by that. Kind of sounded like Black Benny Hinn kind of. It was awesome. I felt the healing just coming down. And anybody else? just got touched by the Lord right there. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Come on. Say, I'm going to walk in the fog. Come on, say it again. I'm walking in the fog. Say it like you mean it. I'm walking in the fog. And give a hand clap and a shout to God. Hey, come on. Come on, shout to God with a voice of triumph. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Hey, I feel like a Nigerian right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Everybody say, I'm walking in the fog. But they obeyed. God gave them favor. But if they never went anywhere, then you, listen, some of you aren't going anywhere. God's favor is on you, but he's waiting for you to go. These signs will follow them that believe, that lay hands on the sick. If you don't get going and lay hands on something, how are you going to see a miracle? Congratulations. 
These guys just got engaged. What's up? Look what the Lord has done, yeah, 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 yeah. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He saved me. They obeyed. They obeyed. They had favor, but that favor would not be released if they didn't obey. So I'm telling you, you have favor, but some of you won't obey. No matter what they, no matter what we teach you, it's like you can't seem to give ten cents on a dollar. It's always amazing to me. That's tithing, ten cents on a dollar. How are you going to trust God for your eternal security to take you to heaven if you can't give Him a dime? If you're offended by that, that's from John Harkey from years ago. How do you trust God to save your soul if you can't give Him a dime on a dollar? And by you keeping the dime, it actually brings a curse. I got like five people amening me right now. It's like, warm up or I'll just keep going on the tide. We won't even move back into this transfer of wealth thing. We won't even touch it. Because if God can't trust you with it, why would he give it to you? Come on, if God can't trust you, why would he give you more? He said, well, I still got more anyway. Well, that's probably the devil blessing you. You just think it's a blessing. It's taking you deeper down the rabbit hole. Think that you can walk, walk half-hearted, fornicating, committing adultery, and serve the Lord. Praise break. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Why did God give them the money? Well, I think the first thing is, is because God's just. They served, and they needed a paycheck. I believe that God's just. He sees your hard labor. He sees, your, he, sees, he sees you, and he's going to give you a reward. That's what's happening over your family. There's, there's incremental rewards being released when you're ready for it. It's all, it's all happening, the whole thing, the whole thing. Extra houses and stuff. Cows. Chickens. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10, uh, 6, pardon me, verse 10. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you've shown. <laughs> Some of you have turned the other cheek that you ran out of cheeks. Some of you have been... <laughs> that's actually pretty funny right there. You've been serving so hard and you're like, Lord, he sees everything you're doing. He sees everything you're doing. Precious lady in the black right here. Would you raise your hand? Yeah, you. The Lord is releasing favor to you. And there's, there's some decisions that are coming that are going to turn the tide. You've been believing God for it, and it's going to turn. Things are going to, are you connected with Jennifer? Oh, hey, no wonder. The whole church is walking into great blessings. Favor is on you. You've second-guessed yourself about some of the decisions, but the Lord's going to make some, some great clarity. I see the Lord rescued you. He, he really did. He rescued you, and he put your feet upon the firm, the firm rock of his word, and you're going to find like, like flowers bursting up in spring. You're going to find a breakthrough of, of the prayers that you've been praying, a breakthrough of provision, and especially in your own heart. 
The Lord's blessing your life. Father, thank you for this precious woman. I've rolled away the reproach, says the Lord. And uh, Joel 2 and 25, I'll restore all the years that the locusts have taken. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Look what the Lord has done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. Go on and praise him. Go on and praise him. Look what the Lord has done. I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Be all right. Be all right. I got a promise. God is a God of justice. He sees what you've done. He sees when you turn the other cheek. He sees how you labored, how you sowed, how you gave. He sees it and he's going to reward you. Shout and clap to God. Hey. He's going to reward you. He's seen it. 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 He's the dream that you have in your heart, the Lord sees it. And he's setting you up. Because, you know, sometimes prophesying and then being like your pastor, I have to, like, remove myself. So I'm just going to do that. I have to, like, remove the pastor thing and then just prophesy. I placed a dream in your heart so many years ago, says the Lord, and there was many things that were opposing that and blocking that and structures. And, but the dream continued to flourish. At times it'd die out, but then you'd be revisited by my spirit in services and even in your home. The Lord says, I'm the one that placed a dream there. It's a, for an appointed time. And the Lord says, I'm bringing about fullness of that. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. The Lord says, it's going to happen. The very thing I placed in your heart is going to take place. You will see it even beyond the blessings and all that I've done for you. You weep and you cry and you're so grateful. It's amazing. The love that you have is a marriage couple is, 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 is second to none. There's just this ongoing honeymoon and the Lord is going to bless you beyond anything you've ever seen. The dream is coming about, says the Lord. I'm not sure what dream that is, but I'd love to find out. God desires to bless you. Say, so God, God desires to to bless you. I don't think I finished reading this. Hebrews 6.10, let's go there. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have showed him as you have helped his people and continue to help him. Verse 11, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. My gosh, that's great. Verse 12, we do not want you to become lazy. Oh, snap. 
but imitate those through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Oh my God. Faith and patience. There's some people that just throw in the towel right away. Oh, what? I can't sing it now. I can't sing it now. I'm quitting. In the other church, I was a song leader. I can't be a song leader now. Man, when God speaks to you, when God speaks to you, let him cultivate that thing and through faith and patience, work hard, serve, be diligent, don't be lazy. Don't, come on, if you think that you're going to plunder the wealth of the wicked while you ride your couch of your pleasure watching the next series and Netflix and think that you're going to walk into some incredible blessing of God to go reach the lost when you can't even get off your duff. Not sure what a duff is. Come on, you need to get off your blessed, blessed assurance and get to work. Get a job. I, that's what I said, blessed assurance. I didn't say anything else but that. Get off King James, your hinder parts. Get up off of it. Get to work. You okay, Pastor Kirsten? I'm preaching his message right here. Now, I've seen people work without the favor. I'm never going to do that again. I did that. I, I, I worked hard. And the third service, I just preached on breaking the fear of man. And at the 1 o'clock service, I, I touched on it in the other services. But I, I used to work really hard so that I could get a, a that a boy, get a pat on the back, get somebody to say, you know something, you're a stud. You work so hard. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it's all for the Lord. Hallelujah. All for the Lord. <laughs> And meanwhile, I'd just be like, oh, just pat me on the head just one more time. <laughs> and then I'd go work hard and come back and be like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what happens after a while. You walk away. At first, it starts satisfying that place that your father never gave you. The acceptance maybe that you didn't get from your mother. It touches a place of acceptance and affirmation, which we all need, by the way. We all need that. But if you try to get it from man, that'll be a painful, painful life. And so what happened is the pat on the back and the pat on the head for working hard was like, I'd walk away. I'm like, is that it? And I've told the story, but I'll tell it again because Pastor Kirsten wants me to. I, I preached in front of Dr. Morocco, who's our global apostolic leader for the first time at a men's camp. I preached on the two pillars, Joaquin and Boaz. I fasted, I prayed, my wife was with me during that time. I mean, God like gave me revelation. And I, I, I just, I mean, I felt like I preached like a house on fire. I mean, Dr. Morocco's taking notes, you know. I'm in my 20s and he's just like taking notes. I'm like, oh, and, and, and to, in my mind, I'm like, I knew I had, I knew I had uh, royalty on me. Can I just say it that way? In my heart, I had expectancy of God to do like what he's doing now, but this is 20 years ago. So I thought it was going to happen instantaneously. Oh, yes, I'm going to be the new senior associate. <laughs> so, you know, at the end of that, 
I went to go receive my new senior associate position. And I knocked on the door. Dr. Morocco's in there. He says, yeah. He's got his glasses on. I open the door. I look in. Hey, doctor. He's like, what do you need? I said, just want to say hi. He's like, okay. I'm expecting, oh, oh, Daniel, great prophet and teacher of the word. I've never heard anybody preach. Would you be my senior associate? Yeah, that's not what happened. I close the door. He's like, you can close the door. I thought, okay. And I walked off broken hearted, rejected. I mean, I walked off like, I'm a loser. Then you get the senior associate position. Oh God. And I started that down that road. And the Lord spoke to me and said, son. Yeah. He said, you do what I told you to do? Uh, yeah. And I gave you that word? Yeah. Don't look for anybody else's approval. You did a great job. And I thought, I did? He's like, you did great. I did good? He said, yeah, you're getting promoted. I am? Wow. Hey, praise God. I'm getting, hey, look for the approval of God. Come on, you have favor. You got to obey. God desires to bless you. He gives provision. He released gold and silver so that they could have money. He releases provision for the vision. Can you say amen? God's very clearly speaking to us. It's time to release your faith. It's time for you to do your part. It's time for you to give 10 cents on a dollar. It's time for you to learn to give. It's time for you to learn to be diligent, not lazy, and believe God. Dial your faith in to know that God wants to release provision to you. He wants to bless you. You? Yeah, some of you just count yourself as so unworthy, so you hang your head. And, and I understand. I had to break that thing off of my life. My wife had to break it off of her life too. Listen, you, you, you're the only one that can break that thing. If you think that you're a worm or some dirt bag, you should go in the back of your house and eat worms because you're unworthy. You're made worthy by the blood of Jesus. And no matter what feelings you have of insecurity, you need to slay those things with the word. You need to cut those things down. You need to absolutely sniper every assignment that tries to undermine your God-given identity. I love what that precious lady said. Do you want to share anything? I'm a new creation. Me too, man. I'm brand new. I've been made new. I'm washed. I'm cleansed. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm the lender, not the borrower. God, thank you that I'm blessed going in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I'm blessed, blessed, blessed. I'm blessed, blessed. Blessed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun right there. I really like that. That was great. Right, let's go down this side and see what happens. <laughs> you know, years ago, you know what they used to do? It's crazy. I read about it. I've never been in the church like that, but where the preacher, they used to go up and down the aisles like this, and they go, sinner, where are you? 
<laughs> ah, there's a sinner in here. Where is the sinner? Sinner, where are you, sinner? <laughs> and the people would be like, ah, it's me, you know. The people would use it in a dead sprint, pulling a Pete Rose right into the, right into the altar. Pete Rose is a baseball player that used to dive head first for all of you that don't know. Praise break. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Come on, someone say, I've got fog. The favor of God. I got the fog. Come on, someone say, I'm going to obey. Come on, say, God is just. And he's going to reward me. The wealth of the wicked, say it, the is stored up for me. Because I'm washed by the blood. He's releasing provision for the vision. Shout to clap to God like he just paid off your house. Whoa! Whoa! Yes! Oh, come on. If God paid off your house, you know you'd be shouting and dancing. Yes! Yes! All right, you may be seated. A couple more points. We're almost done. a couple things that are really important in the releasing of the wealth. A great transfer of wealth is taking place. Oh. great transfer of wealth is taking place. It's very key for you to embrace the vision that God has given you individually as a family. If you don't have a vision for your family, you need to have one. I suppose I could summarize ours in a very simple statement. Brackens preach the gospel. That's what we do. That's my last name. That's what my whole, that's what we're about. We're about the kingdom. Listen, priests raise up priests. That's, you're called. Right. So, I know y'all know. Going to miss you, Hannah Bell. Go have revival in Evangel. That school needs a fresh wind of the Spirit. There's some other kind of wind around there. It needs to be removed. I remember years ago on the island of Molokai, Pastor Earl Thurner, who we affectionately named the spiritual berserker because Prophet James Hammond gave him that word. He said, you're like the berserker of the house. He would 
send him out, just like devour a hundred people of berserkers, of Vikings used to have. And that certainly was him. I remember him talking about Molokai. He says like there's a giant spirit just breaking wind over the whole island. You missed that, Hannah. That on the island of Molokai, where you were a little girl, there was like a, a heavy spirit, Pastor Thurner said, and it used to just break wind over the whole island. I know it's kind of foul, isn't it? It's kind of nasty. The Lord wants to use you in revival there. That is why you're going back. Because you could get educated here. You're not going back for social reasons, although that's good too. You're going back to fulfill your purpose, keep it in front of you. That's division. And as you see that vision, the Lord is going to release provision. And I see all of your school being paid for. I see all of the things that you so deeply desire coming to pass. God is going to do it for you, sweetheart. But keep in mind that moment that God touched us. And we said, that's it. That's it. That's it. it that's it. It's, that's division. Write it out. Make it plain. Because that's what God's called you to. He's not called you to be mediocre. He's not called you to wallow in the wind with other wallowers. It's pretty graphic, huh? It's scriptural, though. Isaiah says, I brought you to the point of birth, and you didn't birth anything. You just brought forth wind. What do you think that's talking about? It's not the wind of revival. That's Isaiah. That's Isaiah. Go to Revelation chapter 12. I'm going to close with this, maybe. I have shared this before, but it, I was on the platform and just hit me. Revelation chapter 12. Focus. Revelation 12. Where? Revelation 12. Ready? Revelation 12. Verse 1. Now a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Now, there's a lot of ways to interpret this, and I, we would leave that to Dr. Haggerty. But for prophetic application, it's a picture of the church, clothed with the sun, righteousness, the moon under her feet, having spiritual authority in heavenly places, and on her head a garland of 12 stars, 12, apostolic number, a governmental number. And being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon. Having seven heads and ten horns, seven diadems on its head, his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her 1,260 days. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought. Verse 8. 
but they did not prevail. Come on, someone say the devil didn't prevail. Nor was there a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world, was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice, verse 10, in heaven, now salvation, actually there's articles there, now the salvation, which means there's no salvation in anything, there's only one salvation. Now the salvation, the strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and they begin to sing this great anthem. Rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that his time is short. Let me say, in application and beginning to close, whenever you see, you, you, you start pulling down powers and principalities by the authority of Jesus' name and his blood, you'll begin to see them manifest in the natural. That is what you saw last week, some of you. Because when you start breaking through, he breaks out. I call it the kitchen sink principle, but spiritually, when you break through the heavens, many times then there's an outlash in the earth because you broke through something. I am telling you, as surely as I know anything, we broke through and will continue to break through and break through again and again and again and again and again and again and again. There's no sickness. There's no infirmity. There's no disease. There's nothing we can't do with the help of Almighty God. God is for us. He's given us apostolic authority. He's given us the blood. He's given us his name. He's releasing provision for the vision. Don't be weary and well-doing. Come on, stand up on your feet all across this place. You're seeing an outbreak, backlash, and some, and some attacks. Let it encourage you. Because you're the church of the living God, the ecclesia. We win already. There's provision for the vision. The truth is there's every provision you need for whatever you need it for. That's, that's the witness right there. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. God's looking for people to manifest himself through. Come on, just talk to him right now. Say, that's me. I, I'm, you can manifest through me. It's not, it's not convenient right now, Pastor. I, I, I've got a lot of work. I've got, I've got the, yeah. Some of the greatest releases of God's blessing in my life never came at any convenient time. Me sitting there is the last thing I want to do and get out of bed and go to morning prayer. Here, sit down. I'll share this. It was many years ago, and we were interns. The only problem was, when we became interns, we were married with a child, and I was 30-something. I encouraged myself because Jesus went into the ministry the same time. Most interns start in their 20s. I had a huge debt load. I had, I had tax issues. I mean, we, I needed to be making a lot of money to just to survive. 
And as we, you know, as you start off as an intern, I mean, you're like the, you know, humble wages. Just to live, just to eat, I needed an additional $1,000 miraculously every month. Hello. So if the Lord came through for us, he came through. If he didn't, he didn't. And then we would just believe. And then we were sowing and giving. We've never tithed. We've always like double tithed. What did somebody say to me? Do you know I figured it out? I'm counting right to the nickel. I'm making sure I give my 10%. Oh, give me a break. Like you're going to go, like you want God to like thank you for that or something? Give me a break. Great. So you're not ripping them off. You made sure you don't rip them off. How about be a giver, man? I'm going over here. We've never just done tithe. Come on, you sow where you want to go. We've always done that. And at times it was like, you know, sacrificial. Not really. I mean, it wasn't like we were burning at the stake. We came a moment in our ministry, in our life, where we didn't have, we didn't have it. And it was, I mean, like didn't have it, like, uh, like didn't pay rent that month. And uh, the lady was very kind. And then we went two months and didn't have it because we were eating instead. And just a bunch of different things happened. And this lady was so gracious to us. She ended up being your landlord. Embarrassing. It was embarrassing. And she said, okay, at three months, please don't make me have to kick you out. Will you just, I said, you have my word. If I don't come through. I mean, it's embarrassing, man. And it was an affront. But I will tell you something. It did something in me. And why it was embarrassing, honestly, she could afford it, but my integrity was being affected. I mean, it was, it was wrong. I'm thinking, I mean, I'd go to morning prayer, and I'd be like, um, God, like, I'm bringing reproach. And I would weep. I started, lose, I started like faltering in my faith. Like, how am I going to lay hands and cast out a devil if I, if, if I don't even have money to pay my rent? And then enemy just started barraging us. Oh, has anybody ever been there? And it got darker. We had to go to California, needed plane tickets. Our, our electric bill, our phone bill. I mean, it was, it was, I turned my car in because I couldn't make the payment on the car. And they called us the any kind car family because actually for a whole year, we never told anybody what we did. And people would randomly call us up and say, you know, uh, you guys need a car. I'll be like, oh, yeah. Oh, well, you can come get it. Would be dry. I drove BMWs, Carmenguias. Carmenguia is like a, it's, a, it's a cute name, but it's a pretty much beat up VW. <laughs> Volkswagen Bugs. Wagoneers. All kinds, of, any kind car. God supplied for a whole year. But on, at this moment, when I couldn't find the breakthrough and I, I couldn't get through, we had sown, we had given, we had a car that my wife hated, so I gave it away. She wouldn't even ride in it. She called it the ashtray, which I was never quite sure of because I didn't smoke, so I don't know what the deal was. Oh, mom named it the ashtray. We didn't smoke, but I guess it looked like an ashtray, whatever. It had a great stereo in it. So I gave that to a young adult, and he drove it around and loved it. And we had zero car. So we're, we come to this place where I've got to fly to California. I've got a, a court case for being able to see my children. I've got two kids from a previous marriage. 
I got divorced before I gave my heart to Jesus. I still don't get to see him. Would you pray for that? That's going to happen. They'll come visit us one day. Amen. God's doing it. Restoration. No rent for three months. Electric bill. And really, the whole thing totaled up to about 20. Somebody randomly gave us plane tickets. And I needed $2,300, which really isn't all that much, but it was a lot. And we had nothing. And I wasn't going to go and tell everybody. And I'm, you know, it's like, a, you know, I'm not going to go and tell. I told my pastor. I told Dr. Morocco. He's like, well, we're going to pray. I told some of my closest friends, well, we're going to pray. And I hear this message, and some of you heard this testimony. It's the God's honest truth. I go to hear Dr. Yonggi Cho preach on a Sunday night. Do you know who that is? He was the pastor of the largest church in the world. I think the largest church in the world is now in Nigeria. But back then it was in, in South Korea. And he preached a message called tasking prayer with the woman and the coin and, and, and the unjust judge, pardon me. And she would cry out. And he talked about how he had a bleeding colon. And he would stand in the pulpit and blood would run down his leg and fill his shoe. When he's preaching, I count every single word. It was like the Lord froze me in that place. And as he's preaching, I'm realizing I've not done that. I, I did 21-day fasts. I gave away stuff. I threw off ballots. Come on, somebody giving will give you the breakthrough. We did that. Didn't see breakthrough. We prayed. We fasted. We witnessed. We did everything we knew to do. And now he's telling me something that I haven't done. Tasking prayer to release resources and to release miracles. And so he says, what I did was I realized the Lord spoke to me in my hotel room and said, your bleeding colon is not from God. It's not from me. And he said, but Lord, I thought it was because of the humility thing, because of having the largest church in the world. Paul had a thorn in the flesh because he went to the third heaven. Have you been to the third heaven? He said, no. He said, it's not from God. It's not from me. It's from the devil. He laid hands on himself, and he, he got in this, this position, as I recall. He got in this position, and he began to rock back and forth. Heal my colon. Heal my colon. Heal my colon. Heal my colon in the name of Jesus. Heal my colon. In Jesus' name, colon be healed. Heal my colon. Heal my colon. He did it for hour after hour after hour after hour after hour. He kept doing it, and the glory of God hit him, healed him, and he never had another problem with his colon. I'm hearing this message needing $2,300, and I'm honestly before the Lord, I'm saying, if you can't bring me $2,300, what in God's name are we doing? I know you're good, but come on. I'm getting, I have to be evicted here in a week now a week and I would be being evicted I go back to Kula which is where the church was across the street from where I lived I go in a million obstacles to keep me from going to pray and I begin to pray hey God I need 2300 simoleons I need 2300 greenbacks I need cash I don't need healing. I need money. I tithe. I give. Release money. Release money. Release finances. Release money. And I go into this release money in the name of Jesus. Listen, if you don't tithe, you, you ain't ever praying that way. You got no right to do it. You'd be like, oh, Lord, uh, sorry. Uh. 
Yeah, but, I, but we're tithers and givers. God, release finances. Release money. Release money. Release wealth. Release some money. God, do it. And I continue to pray. And, and as, a, as, a, as I remember it, I basically fell asleep. My flesh did, but my spirit kept praying. When I woke up at about three something in the morning, my prayer had changed. And what was coming out of my mouth, this is, this is how it happened. My prayer had changed to the Lord, release the true wealth of heaven. Release the riches of heaven. Release the riches of heaven. But you see, riches of heaven doesn't have anything to do with money. Money is just a test. And as I was praying that, all of a sudden, everything changed in that room. It was like a light began to break out all over the place. And honestly, as I tell you about it, it was so dramatic for me. I was on my face. I was at the back of the church. I was at the front of the church. I was on the side of the wall. And I heard angels and saw things inexpressible. I, I can't tell you the encounter I had. It went on not long, maybe, maybe 20 minutes of pure glory. Filled that place. And I came to myself as I was walking across the street. So literally, I'm left the church. The church is locked. I'm halfway to my house. I just lived right across the street. Actually, you moved in after we left. I'm walking across the street. I stopped in the middle of the road and realized, <laughs> it's done. And I knew. I'm like, I'm, you know, where is it though? You know, I'm like, it was over. Game over. 2300 I knew it. I mean, I knew that I knew that I knew. It's over. 2300 bucks. Miracle happened. I went home. Pastor Karen, I mean, we had been praying. She took one look at me. I don't know if you remember. She took one look at me and saw the glory. Looked like Moses with an unveiled face. I remember what you said. You looked at me and went, oh, God, thank you. And you went to sleep. That next week, that was Wednesday. By Friday, I needed all the money. That next week, God miraculously, now, and that's not like me saying, oh, would you pray for me? I need 2,300 bucks. 2,300? Do you have any money? No, that's, that's not what I did. That next week, God released every single thing we needed all the way up to Friday. Now, on Friday, I needed 1,000 more dollars. Listen, this is how this building is on the hill. This is how this works. Through diligence, through faith and perseverance, as it says in Hebrews 10. Not through weak-kneed, jellyfish, spineless Christianity. Through people who say, I know your word. I know what you said. I know what your word says. I know what the vision is. I know what you can do. I'm not backing off, God. You said it. I believe it. That settles it. That, that kind of persevering, not, not, you know, shrinking back and, oh, well, the Lord knows my heart. That Friday, I needed another $1,000. I remember waking up that morning to go to morning prayer. I woke up. I'm like, ah, oh, this is the day. How are you going to do it? It was pretty cool because I already had 1300 I just needed another grand. I knew it was going to happen. I walk across the street to go to morning prayer. I'm sitting in morning prayer. I'm crying in the presence of the Lord because I'm like, I know it's coming. And I don't know how. And I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm weeping. And there was a man. Brother Larry. The guy was a Catholic prior. He did everything by clockwork. 
So he would be there when we opened at 5.30 in the morning. We would start praying corporately at 6. At 10, he would read his Bible till 10 to 6. At 10 to 6, he would, he would close his Bible, and then he would be prepared to pray. So it's 6.30. I'm there. Larry's there. Someone else is there. I'm praying. I'm like, oh, come on, Lord. Yeah, this is the day. This is the day. I'm sitting in the back. And I'm watching Larry in front of me. He's reading his Bible like he's done 300 other morning prayer times before. And he's reading his Bible just like he always does. Except it's about 20 of. And he goes like this. And he looks back at me and I'm like. <laughs> closes his Bible like with a slap, you know. He gets up, looks at me, and leaves. I'm like, holy cow, what's going on? He's never done that. I'm talking about years of the same thing. Same thing. Same seat, same time, same place. Very faithful brother. God bless him. I mean, he got up and walked out. I'm like, man, whoa. He walks back. He comes charging it. Checkbook in hand, with a pen, shaking. And he says, how much? How much? I went, what do you mean? How much do you need? God spoke to me. I'm like, $1,000. He goes, thank God. Thank God. Rips it off and hands it to me. I was like, oh, yes. Yes. Ah! And I lost my mind. I should have said five grand. Amen. God will come through for you. I said God will come through for you in his time. He knows what he's doing. He knows we stand up on your feet all across this place. Lift your hands to heaven. We decree and proclaim a release of the wealth of Egypt for us, the vision of the house, for my beloved brothers, God's family church, the property they're believing for. We pray a release of the fog. We prophesy favor and blessing. Favor and blessing provision for the vision. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.